Great. Let's, uh, let's get the party started on Friday. Let's join me as we get on our knees and we just humbly come before the Lord. Lord, thank you for waking us up today, Lord. Thank you for another day of life that you've given us, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that we would fill your spirit here today, Lord. That we would fill your power here today, Lord. That you would give us the power, Lord, to change, to be different. I pray that we would walk out differently today than when we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Say hello to somebody before you sit down. Make some friends. Make some friends. Well, welcome everybody. My name is Pastor Marcus, one of the pastors here at the Point Loma campus. I'm super excited to be here today. Christmas has come and gone. Some of you guys are like, all right, Christmas, I'm glad it's gone. And some of you guys already have the calendar set to like, you know, 300 and something days till next Christmas, right? You know, Christmas shopping is, gets pretty bad. But you know what's worse? The Christmas returns, right? In my, in my house, my wife uses returns as a code word for more shopping, Right, your friends will come over and like, because she knows that if they say, honey, we're going to go out shopping, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. But then when she tells me, honey, we're going to go return some stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, return some stuff. That's good. The problem is she returns stuff, but she comes back with more stuff than when she returned. So I don't know if that's only my house. New Year's is around the corner. New Year's resolutions. Right, you guys already thinking about them? All right, I like to keep mine easy. Like last year I did really good with my New Year's resolutions, really good. But I keep them simple. One was like, don't, don't trip as much. That was easy. Another one was, don't gain more than 10 pounds. Eat more gluten. So I did pretty good in all of those areas. So I'm looking forward to uh, some more some more doable New Year's resolutions. Let's open up our Bibles. Let's get right into, into John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And we're going to be talking about a little bit about John the Baptist's life today. So open up your Bibles, John chapter 1. And it says this. In the beginning was the Word. Everybody say Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. I like the way John starts off. It starts off very similar to the way the Bible opens up, which is in the beginning, God. Everybody say, in the beginning, God. That's how everything started. Everything started with God. You know, scientists would have you believe some crazy things. That in the beginning was nothing, right? And then somehow there was something. You guys following me? That, that's, just not, that's just not logical. That at the beginning there was nothing. And then at one point there was something. And then that something... That energy that fit into something smaller than this somehow exploded. You guys following me? And became what it is today. But we know that in the beginning, what guys? 
In the beginning? So John is saying here, he set the table. Look, in the beginning was the Word. Everybody say Word. Right? The Word, God's Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Right? We already see the earth fading away. We already see the heavens fading away. And one day that's all going to be gone and it's going to be renewed. But God's word was from the beginning and it will never fade away. And right here when he's talking about the word, he's talking about his son, Jesus. We see in verse 14, if you jump with me to verse 14, it says this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word became flesh. That's the word became alive. It was Jesus. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So, the New Testament, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, etc., those are the four gospels. Let me say gospels. Gospels simply means good news. What does, what does gospels mean? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels. It means good news. And the good news is this, that Jesus came. What's the good news? Very simple. Religion tries to make it complicated. Mike tries to set it a bunch of rules and regulations, right? But here's the good news, guys. Jesus came, right? He came. The Word became flesh. Before the Gospels, the last book of the Old Testament is a book called Malachi, which means messenger of God. So, from the book of Malachi, follow me here, until Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there was 400 years of silence. God stopped speaking to his people. And he let them do whatever they wanted to do. Before those 400 years of silence, the book of Malachi, in the Old Testament, God would choose prophets and priests, and he would choose people to speak to. Are you guys following me? And he would audibly speak to them. And he would tell them, hey, look, here's the condition of the people. The prophets back in the days weren't only used to talk about the future. We think about prophecy a lot, right? We're talking about the future, what's going to happen. They did that. But typically what God did, he would talk to the prophets and say, hey, look, my people are behaving this way. They're worshiping idols. They're behaving sexually immoral. They're they're lying. They're they're being bad business people, and so the the prophet would hear from God, and he would go to the people. Hey, you guys, I heard from the Lord. He'd gather them all, and he would say, and they knew this was a man of God. He'd say, guys, this is what God is telling me. He's telling us that we're going to live differently, and he's telling me this. If we keep sinning, bad things are coming. Then the people would hear from the prophet, and they would go live their lives. That's how the Old Testament worked. You guys following me? Malachi comes, 400 years of silence. After 400 years, people start forgetting about the Lord very easily. Then comes the Gospels. Then comes Jesus. But before Jesus, he sends a forerunner. He sends an announcer. Now that sets the tone right now for John the Baptist. So I'm going to shed something up right here so we can see a little bit about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was born and lived in Judea in Jerusalem. His mom and dad were Elizabeth and Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest of the church. He was cousins with Jesus. He ate locusts and wild honey. 
He lived in the wilderness, as you see up there, and he looked crazy. He wore a camel hair outfit with a leather belt. That looks big in Europe right now, if you can get away with it. So he lived in the wilderness, and his message was this, repent and prepare to meet Jesus. So that was John was all about. Before Jesus came, then he sent John. So John now comes out of the wilderness, out of the desert, wearing a camel hair suit, leather belt, eating honey with their crazy beard and locusts, and starts telling people, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And like, people start remembering. Don't you guys remember who we are? Don't you remember where we came from? Don't you remember we're God's people? 400 years, it hasn't happened. What do you guys think they thought about John the Baptist? It's crazy, right? And people don't like to be told the truth. Can I hear amen? amen? So it was 400 years of them doing what they wanted to do, living their lives, and that sets the tone for how John the Baptist comes out. Now let's read verses 4 through 7. Join with me. So in the beginning there was God, then four says, four says this, in him was life, and that life was the light, everybody say light, it was the light of all mankind, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was what? He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. Today's message is titled, very simple, Sharing is Caring. Everybody say, Sharing is Caring. Sharing is caring. And the subtitle is, Sharing God's Light in a Dark World. So if you want to write that down, the title is, Sharing is Caring. And the subtitle is, Sharing God's Light in a Dark World. The first point today about sharing God's light in a dark world Jump with me to verse 23. It says this. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been set questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? So here's the situation. 400 years silence. John now comes out of the wilderness looking crazy, telling people to repent and telling people about God and they say, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He's warning people about that. The people did not respond too well at first because they thought he was crazy. You know, it takes a certain level of something special for you to tell people about Jesus. Can I hear Amen. First point about sharing God's light in a dark world is, number one, it requires us to be bold. If you're taking notes, write that down. The first point is that it requires us to be bold. It's not very easy to tell people about Jesus. Jesus, unlike other religions, and Christianity unlike other religions, Jesus says he is the only way. Everybody say only way. Man, that's hard to deal with because people like options, right? People like options. People like to create their own cafeteria-style religion, right? They like to create their own pathway to God. 
And God says, you know what? No, I'm sending my son Jesus for you. Jesus is the only way. You have to be bold to share God's light. And when we say light, it also means love. You got to be bold to do that. You got to be willing to get into the fight. And some of us have been on the outskirts way too long, way too comfortable, right? Coming to church, hearing great worship, hearing Pastor Miles, being a part of what God's doing. But you know what? Sometimes God is calling you to do more. He wants you to be bold with your faith. Because there's a world that lives in darkness and there's a world that needs light. Can I hear amen? The world needs it. We need to be bold. I went to the Poinsettia Bowl last, uh, last week. I don't think any of guys were there because there was only like 2,000 people there. But I was there and I started to get flashbacks. Because that Qualcomm Stadium, Qualcomm Stadium is kind of junky now. It was raining that day and they got like buckets everywhere, right? There's buckets and leaking, and we go out there, though, but the same sun came out, and I was looking at the end zone, the far end zone there. I started getting flashbacks of a time when I had to be really, really bold. And I started remembering back in 1990, back in the old days, I went to San Diego State on a football scholarship. And I played under Al Luganbill. I don't know if you guys remember Al Luganbill. All right. You guys remember Marshall Falk? 91 was my sophomore year, was his freshman year. Everybody always asked me, hey, Marcus, did you play with Marshall Falk? I said, yeah. And I always wonder, does anybody go to Marshall Falk and go, hey, Marshall, did you play with Marcus? <laughs> if you guys ever see him, please ask him if he played with Marcus for Seattle. Just one of you. So here's the scene. It's 1990. I'm a freshman, 17, 18 years old. We're playing Miami, who is number one team in the nation. It's Miami. I just came out of high school. It's Miami over there, Qualcomm, ESPN, Thursday night. The whole nation is watching, and we're playing Miami, and we're this close to beating them. And I'm on the sidelines because we're about to, the offense is out there. And so I play defense. So we're there and a fight breaks out on the sidelines. And I had to make a decision. What am I going to do right now? Am I going to go get in this fight and get some action? I'm going to stay here on the sidelines and just say, oh, you know what? It would have been good to join in my team. We happen to have this on camera. You guys want to see it? Okay, there's a film right here. You're going to see a yellow dot in a moment as they roll the film. We just scored on them. Qualcomm's going crazy, about 60,000 people. Now you're going to see a yellow, yellow dot coming here from the corner as my friends are getting beat up. That yellow dot is me right there running towards the people. What am I going to do? You'll see. So I had to be bold. The chicken's going crazy. My name is Marcus Preciato. I get there and they finally get my name on the jersey and it's Preciato, P-E-R. <laughs> Waited all my life to get my name on my jersey and they misspell it. <laughs> but there's moments in your life, guys, right, when you got to make a decision. What am I going to do? What, what am I going to do with my faith? Am I going to have a faith that's alive, that's active, that's engaging, that I got stories about? Or is my faith going to exist in my room and my church and outside of that it doesn't exist? For you guys, for us to share God's light in a dark world, we need to be bold. 
Listen to this quote by Plato. It says this. We can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. He says, look, we can forgive children who are scared of the dark. You know what's really sad? When men are afraid of the light. People don't like the light because if we turn off the lights right now, you know what will happen? It will go dark. And we'll be like, oh, we'll start freaking out, right? And then my wife would hold my hand if she was here, you know. Then she'd check her purse. <laughs> but after 30 seconds, your, light, your eyes would adjust. You guys following me? And once, what once was dark would start to kind of adjust as your pupils open up. Then a minute later, you're like, oh, it's not so dark right now. It's not so bad. Two minutes later, you would see a lot better. If you were here all day in the darkness, you know what? After a while, it would seem normal. And that's where the world is right now. That's where some of us here are right now. Where we've been in the darkness long enough, and you know what? It just seems normal. You, you turn on the light, and truth comes out. You know, light is an amazing, amazing thing. Light travels at over 670 miles per hour. 670 miles per hour. To give you an idea what that is, that's seven and a half times around the world in one second. Seven and a half times around the world in one second. And depending on what the, light, what the material the light is passing through changes the speed of light. Light works quickly. Light is amazing. Think about what comes from light. Warmth. Beauty. Think about, think about life without the sun. You know what we would have here on earth without the sun? Nothing. Death. Darkness. The light of the sun is what we need to live. It's what causes life. Likewise, you guys, it's the light of God. It's the light of the love of Jesus Christ that we need to live. Can I hear amen? We need to be bold in sharing that. Let's read to verse 35 to 37 now. It says this. The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When they saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So here's the situation. John had come, and he was set the tone for Jesus. Here he comes. Here he comes. Here he comes. He's telling people about Jesus. John started to get followers. You guys following me? He started to get followers, and he started to get disciples because Jesus' ministry hadn't started yet. John was about six months older than Jesus. So now John has his disciples, and because John is sharing the light and he's bold, he's got a crew of people right now. Now this crew of people meet Jesus. And Jesus talks to them, and it says here, some of his disciples now follow Jesus. Here's the point, too, that we need to know about sharing God's light in a dark world. Number one is it requires us to be bold. Number two is it allows others to be blessed. What's number two? It allows others to be what? Yes. The first one, is it requires us to be what? Yes. 
So here's the deal. As we live for the Lord, as you share God's light, as you share God's love in other people's lives, it will bless others. You guys driving around watching, seeing Christmas lights? I know we do that tradition in my family, right? The interesting about Christmas lights is that typically the people who put them out are inside. You guys following me? You do all this work to put out the Christmas lights, but it's for others. And there's one person I know, I'm not sure he's a great man or God, he probably isn't, but this guy knows about sharing his light and letting bless, blessing others with his light. I don't know if you recognize him, but this guy right here knows. Clark Griswold knows. That's what I feel like every December, putting up those lights, right? So we go around and we see Christmas lights and we have fun and we look at them, but, but they're blessing the community. You know, that's us as we are sharing God's light. That hopefully the people within our circles, hopefully the people that we deal with, hopefully the people that we know are being blessed by God's light. John the Baptist was sharing God's light. And therefore, as it says here, that his disciples started to follow Jesus. As Christians, as believers, we should be little moons. This is what I mean by this. The, call, the Bible calls the moon the lesser light. The moon, sometimes you go outside and it shines so bright. It looks so beautiful. Sometimes it lights up all the streets, all the yard. Well, the moon in itself has no source of light. You ever think about that? The moon, all it is, is a reflection of the sun. Therefore, us should be those moons. Our life should shine brightly. People should look at it and say, what a thing of beauty. What an amazing source of light. But you know what? That source of light that you're sending off does not come from you. We should be reflections of God's love. So what does it mean then? What does it look like to allow others to be blessed by our light? Well, in Galatians 5.22, you don't need to turn there. In 5.23, it talks about what it is. What are these fruits? There should be proof in my life, right, that I love God. You guys should have proof in your life that you love God. And here's the proof. Here's kind of the, 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 uh, the, 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 the checklist. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says this, these are the fruits of the Spirit. Everybody say love. Everybody say joy. Everybody say peace. Everybody say forbearance. Everybody say kindness. Everybody say goodness. Everybody say faithfulness. Everybody say gentleness. Everybody say self-control. That's what light looks like. That's what love looks like looks like. If we live our lives like this, guys, others will be blessed. If I'm a father that shows these qualities, my kids will be blessed. If I'm a husband that lives by these qualities, my wife would be blessed. If I'm a pastor that lives by these qualities, the church will be blessed. If us right here, we live like this, Others will be blessed 
sharing God's light in a dark world. Once again, you guys, we need to share God's light. We need to share his love. We live in a dark world that needs it. Can I hear amen? amen. And God has called us to do that. Like John the Baptist went out and he was doing this. That, would, that is what he has called us to do. Let's jump now to 47 and 49. John now and Jesus are with this guy named Nathaniel. And Nathaniel is having a conversation with Jesus and these people are starting to believe in Jesus. And 47 says this, when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. 48, how do you know me, Nathaniel asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree, and Philip called you. 49. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So what happened was Nathanael, because he was spending time with, with John, gets to know Jesus, right? And then because John is living in a certain way and drawing him closer to Jesus, now Nathanael tells Jesus, truly you are the son of God. You guys get the pattern we're building here, right? There's John the Baptist being bold. He's living his life. Now others are being blessed. The third now, people are coming to understand and believe God's word. The third point is sharing God's light in a dark world. Let's God's word be, everybody say believe. Everybody say believe. Let's God's word be believed. The first point, it requires us to be what? Second point, it allows others to be what? The third point is let's, it lets God's word be what? People are watching you. Parents, your kids are watching you. Husbands, your wives are watching you. Wives, they're watching you. Bosses, watching you. Co-workers, watching you. And if your lifestyle doesn't match God's word, it's very hard to convince them that God is real. You guys following me? It's very difficult to do. But it's a lot easier for people to believe in a loving God and a faithful God and a forgiving God when we display these fruits of the Spirit, when we display these fruits of what it's like to be a child of God. And I don't know where everybody is today, right? Some of us are on that spectrum living strong, right, on the end of it. Some of us are maybe caught in the middle where, you know what, ah, we don't know really where we are with God. And some of you guys are kind of being introduced to God and being introduced to his love. But let, this allows us to let God's word be believed. You guys, and we are called to share God's love. Here's some global facts about persecution today. More Christians were martyred in 20th century than in all other centuries combined. Let me say that again. In the 20th century, more Christians died for their faith than in all other centuries combined. It is reported that 105,000 Christians are martyred for their faith each year. 105,000 killed for their faith. Currently, there's over 100 million Christians who are being persecuted. 
Why are people willing to die for their faith? Because they want God's word to be believed. Because they know it's a dark world. So people are living boldly. People are blessing others. And people are setting aside their life for God's word to believe. Now, God may or may not be calling you to do that. But what God is calling you to do is to believe and to live for him. Can I get an amen? Christians, we should be contagious. People should see my life and they should want some of this. Right? People should look at me and go, I want what you've got. We, we should be like a disease. You guys know what a contagion is? A contagion, right? That's a, a body or a vehicle in which d- diseases are transmitted. We should have a disease like Jesus-itis. We should have something like that. Right? Where we come in contact with Jesus and you know what? It's on us now. And, and whoever I come in contact, if I met you and I spent time with you, you should be like, oh, man, something's a little bit different. Right, you should get a little bit of the Jesus-itis. Like, well, I don't know, I'm feeling warm inside. Oh, you got the itis. <laughs> right, we should be contagious. We should be willing to share our faith. We should be willing to love people. We should be willing to be little moons. Because that is what God has called us to do. He has called us to be a light in the dark world. I'll close up with this quote from Martin Luther King, Jr., says this, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Let's pray. When we bow our heads and close our eyes, I'm going to pray that we would all decide to do that. We would all decide to share God's love in a dark world, to share God's light. But as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, you know, the new year is right around the corner. And we've got all these new year resolutions that you're struggling with. It would be a shame if you put together these elaborate plans for the new years. And one of those new year's resolutions wouldn't be to start off right with God. You think about your body, you think about your finances, you think about your relationships, your outfits, but what about your soul? How does God want you to start off the new year? And I'm here to tell you that God loves you. I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if here today you want to say, Pastor Marcus, I want to walk out and start the year off right. I want to start the year off with God in my heart with forgiveness. I want some of that Jesus-itis. I need to be different. I need more light in my life. I've been in the darkness. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just say this prayer in your heart with me. Say, dear God, I want you into my heart. Please forgive me of my sins. Please make me new. I want to live for you, God. I want Jesus in my life. I want your light in my life. I want to give my life to you and serve you. If that's you here today and you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up so we can see you. Slip your hand up. Amen. Anybody else? Slip your hand up. Slip your hand up today so we can see you and we can pray for you. Anybody else here today? Just say, you know what? I want to be new. I want to be new. Who else is God is speaking to you saying, you know what, amen. Who else? Keep your hand up, brother. Keep your hand up. 
We see you. Keep your hand up. Anybody else? Say, you know, I want to start the new year off right. Me and new creation. That's my revolution. Amen. You too, brother. Keep your hand up. I see you, young man. Keep it up. Anybody else here today? God's speaking to you. Don't, don't walk away denying God's love for you. Anybody else? Amen. 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 Keep your hand up there. Keep your hand up. Do me a favor. Just stand up right now. We're going to welcome you to come forward. Be bold, young man. Be bold. Come on up, sir. Come on up. Let's welcome them as they make their way forward. Awesome. Awesome. Come on up, young man. Come on over here, buddy. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, man. God bless you. Anybody else? Why don't you guys come a little bit closer together as we welcome you guys. Amen. Amen. The decision you guys are making is a huge decision. And you know what? Whether you're older or whether you're younger, you know what? When you make this decision, the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that he takes away all of our past and all of our sins. And he forgives us. And he gives us a new life. And he says, you know what? That your name, there's a book of life that God has with all the people who have given their life to them. And he says, you know what? Your name gets written in that big book of life. So there's a big book right now. And if you open it up, you will find your name and your name and your name written in it too, brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You know, you're in a room, but you're not, you're, you're with family. Everybody who's made a decision like this, can I hear a strong amen? amen. So we're here to encourage you, man, and to, and to be part of your family. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for these three bold men. Talk about boldness, Lord. It's not easy to get your knees up and to start walking forward, Lord. I just pray an amazing life over them, God. I pray blessing and healing and strength and power over these men. I just pray that they would walk out differently now that you're in their heart, Lord. Bless them, Lord, and just knock their socks off in 2016. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Follow this young man right here. We're just going to take you. Don't be scared. We're going to give you a Bible and pray for you. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Amen. 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 As our pastoral support team comes forward, let's keep clapping them forward. We invite you for prayer afterwards to connect, to chat. We'll have Pastor Greg come up and close us out. What a blessing, what a blessing it is. You know, I was looking through my calendar and realizing we have Christmas Day. And then, if, I don't know if you've seen in your calendars, the day after Christmas is Boxing Day, right? Boxing Day. And I was thinking, well, you know, it's not like Pastor Tommy, you know, like where we all get, you know, we start fighting over anything. But actually, Boxing Day, and I recognize this when I visited my friends in England, Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, was the day that you boxed up all of those old things, you you realize that you had this abundance after Christmas. And so you boxed up your old things and you took it down and you gave it to the poor. You gave it to the less fortunate. And it's it's something that's such a great idea that when when we recognize how much we're blessed, and then a lot of times in Christmas we we get all of these gifts, and we recognize how much we're blessed, that the response should be to give out of that abundance. You know, Proverbs says that, that one who gives freely will always be richer, but the one who withholds will always suffer want. And so the idea is just to have this understanding and this heart of contentment to realize that God has blessed us abundantly. 
and that our response to that is to take that blessing and be a blessing to others. So let's just celebrate as we go into this time of giving, just to celebrate all the things that God has done. Amen? And so just as a reminder, we have three ways to give. If you're watching online, you can click the Give button. You can text uh, an amount in SD Rock to 59769 in our text to give. Or you can do old school, and we have envelopes and all of the bulletins. We have boxes at every exit. And we just give you that opportunity just to give as the Lord leads. Uh, because it's your opportunity between you and Him to just show the gratitude for what you've done. So we're going to pray here and just to pray that the Lord will just bless this time, bless these tithes and offerings, that the fruits in 2016 out of them will just be abundant. Father, we thank you that you give us the opportunity to reflect your blessings to those that are around us. So we ask that you would bless these tithes and offerings, that you would increase them as you increase your impact within this church and within this world, that your light and your love would be so pervasive that it would be undeniable that, as Pastor Marcus said, that we would shine that light so that others would see and glorify you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Just as a final reminder, we have our pastoral support team down here. If you have a need, they would love to pray with you. And next week is Vision Sunday. We'll see you there, and we're excited. God bless.
I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up, now I'm set apart. From the ash, I am born again. Forever safe in the Savior's hands. You are more than my words could say. I follow you, Lord, for all my days. Fix my eyes, follow in your ways. Forever free and unending grace. Cause you are, you are, you are my freedom. Your love, your love, your love, never ending. You are alive in us. Nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has set us free. darkest night let your love be the shining light breaking chains that were holding me you sent your son down to set me free everything of this world will fade i'm pressing on till i see your face i will live that your will be done i will stop till your kingdom come cause you are you
Seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And through it all, through it all, it is well. And through. 